Good evening. Today, I would like to talk about um, something that I was presented to do uh, in a few weeks in a webinar under the topic of um, design with empathy and inclusion. How this topic is related to architecture education is what I'm going to address. And I wish to share my thoughts in the podcast under this title. A lot has been learned with regard to architecture education and the role of the architect in society. The architect in Malaysia is regulated by the Architects Act. And I've tried to have a look at it, tried to read it and there is not much. Only one paragraph on the responsibility of the architect to the society at large. Much of it is to do with contract, um, the responsibility more related to professional practice. Um, and the architect as a, pro a professional in that sense, not a professional in um, as an enabler or an activist. That's the word I wanted to, to focus on, the architect as the enabler artist. And um, what is interesting is in this webinar that we will discuss, uh, that we'll, we'll present our perspective is that um, brings together scholars from the region to conduct a critical conversation on urban politics. It has the title of Reclaim the City, Stories and Critical Perspectives from Southeast Asia, and is organized by USM School of Social Science, University of Science in Malaysia, and the La Salle University Southeast Asia Research Center and Hub Search. Uh, it will be done on Friday, 20th November at uh, 3 p.m. with an online platform. So when it says reclaiming the city, in, uh, it says here in the abstract, invokes not just pictures of loss, marginalization and displacement. The statement also summons up images of resurgence, resistance, action, urban activism. And it raises many, raises many questions. Who owns the city? If the city has been lost, lost to whom? How has it been lost? If displacement has sparked resistance and activism that aims to reclaim the city, reclaiming, reclaiming by whom and for whom? Uh, in discussion of urban development, the theme, reclaim the city, brings into picture not just developers, industrial 
players and state actors, but also civil society activists, city dwellers and marginalized groups. So we see different people. Uh, if we are all stakeholders to the city, we have uh, perhaps um, different, uh, different views on how the city should be governed and how um, attitudes to marginalized groups. So oh, this is the important part that this webinar is trying to do where the theme is an entry point to explore governance, urban planning, built environment, space configuration, politics, economics, economies of city, state society relations, government, industrial relations, sovereignty, strategies of resistance and inter-minority relations to name a few. So um, it's so wide and I would like to focus on the role of the architect and architectural designer um, to explore the issues of urban planning and built environment from the perspective of the role of the architect. And I said just now that the role of architect um, for the Malaysian perspective under the, the, the uh, legislation focuses on the architect to serve the client in the professional practice of the construct, uh, in the context of building industry. And that's a perception that students of architecture, uh, many of us were uh, educated and traditionally we are thought, uh, taught to, to, to think about in those terms that eventually when we graduate, we're gonna enter into the profession and uh, be uh, thinking about the client and service, giving service to the client and traditionally we'll be uh, working in an office uh, or setting up our own office, taking in our professional exams and, uh, and you know, contribute to, to the development of the city. So this group that is called the architect or the built environment professionals as a whole um, are trained and they are trained in that certain manner um, there has been uh, suggestions of indoctrination uh, to design in a certain way uh, with a certain approach in order to fit in into the uh, industry um, and not to ask too many questions, but to just be the professional that they should be to service the industry. Uh, so we ask bigger questions. Is, is you know, my, There are students or graduates that were... Uh, from the university who, who questioned this and thinking about um, they're not really keen to be going into this um, this service to the client, uh, so to speak. They're, they're thinking they explore other ways to, of their talents and skills and competence to, to, to explore other things, um, non-traditional architecture way. And you can do that. Well, of course, you can also go into academia, and academia is the root or the bed to, to uh, like a nursery bed for indoctrination. For uh, is is a good is a good starting point to get um, uh, young young people who enter. Usually, they are younger people uh, at the age of uh, 20, 21, to enter into architecture school. 
and to design a certain way, not asking the why question, not thinking that there are other avenues to to the to serve society. When we when we suggest the uh, alternative way to serve society, in which um, um, you know um, uh, the architect can actually um, uh, change things, they're a change agent in, in a way that they they adopt an activist stand to anything, to architectural education, to to the um, uh, architectural profession. They adopt an activist stand because um, after studying about um, looking at the situation, they would like things to be better. That uh, the architect's role, the architect's uh, talents could be put to use for the wider society issues, not just to serve clients. So uh, the training of the architect uh, will then have to be less uh, channeled or designed for just to serve the client. And somehow that does not rub in well with uh, people who would like to maintain the status quo. Now, I'm not discussing uh, my university. Um, please do not penalize me. But this is a general situation of architectural education. Um, when we see uh, star architects serving the industry or or doing things that um, you know uh, seems to be trendy or seems to be uh, appraised by many, uh, but ignoring uh, ignoring the repercussions of the actions or them doing it and giving the excuse that somebody has to do it, why not us? Um, that is um, the, 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 the majority, uh, or there is voices that say that's a good thing, but um, being critical about what architects do is important for us and not saying the star architect is so brilliant and uh, everything that the star architect uh, does um, is a good thing. We have to be more critical about uh, aspects, di different designs that the, that the star architect produce, uh, be critical about um, everything. Uh, there's not two sides of the coin, but there are, you can view thing projects in many ways. Um, and, um, you know, Having to deal with education, where I'm at now, teaching second year uh, studio, um, I'm critical of the student of architecture um, looking at form making, uh, starting to, to, to have a preconceived idea about architecture and starting with the forms and trying to fit in um, the program into the form, trying to make the form work. And that itself is the, you know, the first brush stroke, the wrong brush stroke, or the, the wrong thing to start, to begin uh, design development or design the design process. So um, I have the chance to, to help correct this. Um, 
uh, and whatever that I learned and what is uh, that works and the method that is more to do with fitting in, you know, uh, that context is important and it's not just form making. So I need, I need to rectify this at the very early stage. It's not easy for the student who picked up uh, the artist process uh, in the first year. And so we, um, or they have picked up, um, uh, they were praised uh, previously of the form, uh, just form making without, um, you know, without actually being critical of their work, whether the reasoning behind the form was based on context. So, it has to be rectified early. And uh, even if you have uh, to contend with fifth year students uh, basing their design on form making um, rather than context, you still have to inform them that it's the wrong approach. At least that is the thing that we have to do at the educational level. So what does it has to do with uh, the um, reclaiming the city? It has to do so many things because the architect is um, the one who implement the design. Um, the planners will have the zoning or the planners will have to deal with the develop big time developers or the developers coming in. But when it comes to on the ground where we have to design it on the ground, uh, that's why design with empathy comes in. You, The architect has the choice. Uh, there's no such thing as the architect don't have the choice the architect choose to go to to um, uh, to taking the road that is to help with society. The more the more architects going into that road of helping society, the more society will be righted, or when we call it uh, writing open space and architecture, meaning um, the architect not only deals with the building in its boundaries, but the architect deals with urban design and issues concerning outside the boundaries, the context as a whole. And there's an ecology happening um, at the place and how this ecology could be enhanced. It could be the social, cultural, ecology, historical, or, uh, you know, um, an existing um, situation that is happening at that uh, place and um, putting uh, and putting in a program, designing the program in a certain way can enhance that ecology um, for the human who's settlement there. So um, this abstract notion of uh, the architect's responsibility in terms of of choosing the to address that ecology, that context is crucial is one of the most crucial things ever you know when you talk about um gov uh, governance is one thing there are the roles of the politician urban planning the roles the roles of planners and architects built environment definitely architects urban designers space configuration the planners and the architects politics well that goes back to politician and the economy so there are teams of people working there to decide what happens in the city, you know, whether um, the city can be uh, more um, designed in a more flexible manner to accommodate everyone, to, to um, create spaces for everyone, to create designs that doesn't, doesn't have barriers, 
They are accessible, safe, and usable for everyone. So for the person with disabilities, who are marginalized, or even worse, if you're poor and you are disabled as well, um, uh, you can end up being so marginalized, you end up sitting in behind your four walls of your low-cost housing and not able to even get out to the corridors and the lifts are broken down and the streets are full of chock-a-block with, um, what do you call it? Um, um, chock-a-block with uh, 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 parked cars, old cars that cannot be moved anymore. And there is apathy and there is lack of management or so uh, solutions uh, are not implemented to help you. And there you are stuck between your four walls and uh, issues of um, lack of recreation, lack of healthcare, lack of employment, lack of access, all their barriers around you. And, and, and this is the worst case scenario for people who are poor and disabled. Uh, people who are poor also have barriers and uh, during the COVID-19 time, you can imagine that uh, when you're having a lockdown, there is going down to the, the, the roadside, uh, you will be penalized or um, um, fined. And you can't afford that and you have no choice. But um, spaces that you, you could go to, you need to pay for them if there are uh, shopping malls that end up going to, to, to shopping malls to have a food or um, that's, you don't have much choice in terms of the open spaces in the city uh, in terms of recreational spaces. We did uh, like to go into the uh, project, uh, Eva Liu's project of Campo Crici, where she designed um, for the uh, streets to be more, um, to create uh, recreational areas at the streets uh, redesigning the street, creating um, structures for people to have above the street and at open spaces or spaces that are um, near these apartment buildings where, where elderly person, disabled person can access to have recreational activities and, and children can also utilize them rather than just, um, you know, the, uh, them as parking, there's too many cars and the cars are not, they're, they're like um, scrap yards. The cars that are parked in uh, low-cost housing in Campo Crinci are basically old cars that were used for a time, maybe a year or two, and they bought cheaply and then they just break down and they don't know how to dispose them and they're parked there permanently. And uh, this is not just in some places, it's everywhere. I've been to uh, Desamantari uh, De and the same thing is happening there. You can see those old cars and nobody's resolving this situation. So ideas by the architect uh, in architectural education, uh, such as in the, in the uh, fifth year, you can, in, in, in the unit or the studio that deals with community architecture with site context issues driven projects. These uh, opportunities to ask bigger questions about society is start them at this level when they are studying so that these are difficult problems to, to, to deal with and design for. And there is a process to, 
to, uh, and a for this design approach that the student can replicate when they are graduating, the, this sort of design process asks bigger questions. And you can, and this, this sort of training makes the architect more adaptable. And this is the, 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 the skill that we'd want them, we'd want architects to have even at, when they were in the second year where they began to be able to exercise, um, able to think in an adaptable way, the cognitive, the psychomotor and effective pro, uh, uh, domains uh, in terms of the pedagogical uh, outcomes of the architect at this level can start dealing with how to be uh, to design with to be to design in an adaptable way. It's just accommodating the moderator or the studio master has to give the input in terms of um, giving them the chance to giving them uh, projects that require them to think about the bigger picture rather than. Um, and, and, and allowing and praise them when they make mistakes. Uh, I mean, praise them when, uh, when they attempt to do something and asking questions rather than um, praise them if they were to, to suit the status quo or to suit, suit them to fit in into a preconceived idea of what an architect should be. So this bigger question of asking the role of the architect is the gist of this discussion. And this discussion is uh, a fodder uh, or a draft um, to think about this topic on reclaiming the city and the, the role of the architect to, to be designing with empathy and inclusion. And that is some of the points that I like to put forward um, for this um, webinar that's going to happen in the 20th of November. And this for this podcast, we are looking at architecture education as a source of the, of, of um, a source or a root of the problem. If not, if we keep on thinking about designing for the status quo all the time. When are you, are we going to make the, so the architect activists should be encouraged rather than discouraged. And architecture programs should ask bigger questions and the why questions and not just, uh, and create and produce thinking architects rather than um, architects that only see a narrow, narrow viewpoint of adulation for star architects that may be just uh, wanting to um, promote themselves. So we need to be critical of, um, of the role of the architect and how architect can serve the wider society. So thank you. Uh, for listening. Good evening. <laughs>